like that again now. In the early days of journalism, we used to have um, gatekeepers. Gatekeepers. Editor, sub-editor, proofreader, all those, they are called them gatekeepers. But those, these days, the gatekeeping level has reduced drastically because I can write my story right now, post it, and my editor moves it. That's why when you read most, most publications, you see a lot of grammatical errors because the gatekeeping has reduced. Those are before you write, after writing your story, you give it to the sub-editor, Somebody will work on it and say before it goes to the editor and then before the thing says approved. But these days, most of those things are not done. So people just write and post. You see a lot of people who are um, writing a lot of grammatical mess because those gatekeepers have been eliminated. But because your outfit is small, you can still maintain it. Because as I said, what you put out there reflects your personality, your image. So you have, to, you have to be sure that, look, what you're pushing out from your stable is something that anybody picks up and knows that this is coming from somewhere, reputable place. If you pick up Newsweek today, you see that no matter what it is, or Times Magazine, they've not changed because they have standard house style. They have standard house style. Even if you Google them and check you Google house style, you will see how they write, the language they use, their font, the fonts they use to publish. So those things are they are established. So as you're starting, so why this is important? Because as you're going to be editing, you're going to take note of these things. Now, in, in editing, if there's a difference between editing a book and editing a magazine or newspaper. A book is more of a topic you are editing, um, but in a magazine you have different in, in publication. Well, you are in communication. You're basically good. You're, you're more of um, a specialized. Yours yeah. is a specialized publication. Yeah. Yes, so it's, you're not going to be, you're not white. You're specialized. So before you edit, you ask yourself, who is going to read my publication? In other words, who are your primary audience of your publication? Because you, are, you have to edit to fit them. I've written a book, anybody can pick my book, but when I'm writing the book, I have a primary audience in my mind. This is one of the books I've written, this is on leadership and this. I have a primary audience in my mind. But so anybody can pick this book, it's a secondary audience. You understand what I'm saying? So your publication, you have your primary audience. So your primary audience will determine your editing style. Are we together? Good. So. So first of all, determine who your primary audience of publication is. It doesn't mean that anybody cannot pick a magazine. Those are your primary audience. In other words, 70% of those who are going to be reading your publication, who are they? Define them, they're your audience. So you're going to be dating to meet their, their, in terms of their educational level, their interest, and all of that, okay? Now, if you are editing, for instance, we talk about general editing, and what does general editing mean? You put, if you are reading a, an article or um, something, first you need to put it aside. Now, these things were written many years ago because these are people write. I don't write with hand anymore. I don't, I type. But what it means also that as you're typing, after some time, just leave it. Go away. By the way, those of us who are writers, it's difficult for us to sit down to write for one hour. You know why? 
because writing is, takes a lot of intellectual energy. So you write, you move out, you come back, which I go out and take tea, take, just do something that's complete. In fact, you can even check your phone. Now, while you're doing that, you see, you need to distract your brain from that thing for a moment. And you come back. And when you do that, you can come back and discover there's a sentence you made, you check something. This is how writers behave. So, when you are editing, we suggest that you, after writing what you've written, just keep it aside for a moment. Leave it and then come back to it. As I say, it is these days that people are in a hurry to be that age. Just write, film, the same. And of course, I'm also letting let you know my own background because I was not actually a reporter because there's a difference between reporters and writers. In the newspaper, there's a difference between reporters and writers. Reporters are basically those who are constantly providing the news, who basically work with the five W's and H. You know the five W's and H? The what? Five yeah. W's and H. Oh, yeah. Good, yes. So they are the people who actually have to work with those five W's and H. But writers don't follow that exactly because they are, writers are mainly features writers. Okay, so there's a difference between writers. No, the five of the five of okay. Okay, fine. Okay, I have those things. The five of these are five of what? That is what happened. When? Where did they happen? When did it happen? Eh? How did it happen? Why did it happen? Are we together? What? For example, if I ask you to just tell me about um, PDP um, convention. Tell me something about it. How are you going to start? All I want to know, what happened? The National, um, the People Democratic Party of Nigeria, is that what they're called? <laughs> What's their name again? People Democratic Party held their convention on to elect their flag bearer. They held, it was held they followed so, so, so process. How? Are we getting what happened? The People's Democratic Party of Nigeria, oh sorry, People's Democratic Party held their convention, presidential convention on when? On May 29 or 28 where at the National Stadium, okay? Why did they hold it? To elect their presidential flag bearer. How did they do it? Story. This is where the story begins to come. We now begin to say what happened, how did it happen, all of that story, story. Uh, people, uh, during the program, people are running helter scatter. You know, you're not telling how. You're not painting pictures of what happened. Now, journalists, reporters, because they're in a hurry, Put this in. They just follow these five. They understand it. it's already in their head. They, they send. 
But if a features writer does not do that, he sits down to now tell the story in a way that he brings himself into the story. He was there. He would interview people, get people's ideas, interview some people, get their feelings, those who lost, those who didn't lose, and then go back to uh, 1999 when they held their first ticket. He brings all those things together. He now brings you the real story, which you can now read. I will give you an expanded perspective of that thing that happened on 28th of May. That's the difference between writers and reporters. Reporters just put that, give it to the editor, and they move to the next event. Then writers will go back and do a lot of backgrounding, researching. They stay in the library for three days, four days, trying to gather materials here and there to put together. And then those are the people who use those and talked about transitions. There are transitions in your right. don't know how it works. So they'll be able to do that packaging. You see a full page article. Sometimes it takes up to three weeks to put that thing you see. That's the truth. Depending on how smart they are. Writer is yes. Yeah, so, um, sorry, you said the five W's and H. Yeah. Okay. Um, it doesn't four W's. And there are adults. Well, as you as who? Yes, who? Yes, yeah, who? Yes, who? Yeah, who? Yeah, who? Yeah. No, it's who? Like five. It's five, but who is five? Yeah. Then, then there are adults. No, no, no. No, it's, there's no order of it. It, it depends on the maturity of the reporter to be able to know how to put... You, I can actually... You can, a, a, a trained, um, experienced reporter can put four of those things in the first paragraph. The first, and the first paragraph is so key, so fundamental, that the, the, somebody wants to read other things. That first paragraph, a, an experienced writer or reporter can put those um, four elements of that five W's and H in the first paragraph within 30 words. If I have to have this, let me ask. Yes, ma'am. In most of our internal memos, yes. things that we write, that first paragraph should have that. Assuming you're writing or you're giving it to evaluate something or say, um, The, the preceding paragraph will now begin to say how maybe other people are going to be involved and are you getting it? That first paragraph, because as she said, people are in a hurry. The letter you're writing to, you know, maybe you're doing a memo to presidency, people are very busy. So that first paragraph is so key that you must provide the fundamental information you want to give to that person. Then the other ones will now begin to 
expand on it, depending on how much it is. So it's very, very important. Because that's what sells you. Well, let me not use the word sell. But that's what makes the person, you know, um, want to read further. The person may just read that and throw the other one away. He has gotten this invitation, time, he picks all that and circles it and moves on. Because that's basically what he or she is interested at that moment. You know, so that's why the first paragraph in any piece of writing, as you finish this, please, when you now begin to pick, write, read now, read with an intention. If you pick a newspaper or publication, read now with a new consciousness that is to identify how the writer used these things. Because probably before now, you just read like every other person reading a newspaper, reading or whatever. But now you read with a new sense of um, understanding. Let me see how this person did it. So you begin to practice because no, none of us was born writing. We learn on the job. Just as none of us was born speaking. If you have a child, the child just starts speaking that day, you run away. <laughs> so in the same way, if you are born, you start writing that day, everyone run away from you. So there's, there's nothing to be afraid. You, you, you write by writing. The only way to write is to start writing. You understand? Just and find out how other people have been doing it. Pick newspapers, if you get, get, get a newspaper, read through it, see how they structure their story. You pick Punch, see how they structure their story. You pick um, news magazine or Times magazine, whatever, specialized publication, look at or foreign magazines, read how the, the writer has structured that story. That, and begin to do it. That's, that's just the way it is. You don't, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Reinvent, just do it as you've done it. Use your own. Are we together? So it's nothing that anybody cannot do. Is how has it been done? You adapt. Adaptation is allowed. But not plagiarism, but adaptation. Is, <laughs> you know, so, okay, so I was talking about editing. So just to help with that fact that she asked about. So, and then... Um, if it is, you know, like I said, this book was published in 2009. It needs an updating. And I was writing it for those who are doing physical writing. These days, people have done digital. So I'm going to be walking all through it. But of course, what applies there can also apply here. So we take it together. I say that it did only type written on manuscript that is double-spaced now. This is maybe we are writing with hand, okay? But now you don't have to bother yourself about that. Now, this, assuming I've written something with my hand, I'm giving to my leader to read. How many of you write with your hands? Nobody here. Am I right? Nobody. So it means if you've written something, who is going to be your editor? You push what you've written to that person. So it would be nice if you also write in double spacing. You know double spacing in Word, Word document. Of course, what we're going to be using is Word document. Am I right? What is our standard writing tool? So use, it's better to use um, double spacing when you're writing for editing because someone has to read it. So when you're reading, it's easier for them to go through and see the little mistakes. When we are used to write with time, we say you type with double spacing. By the way, when I was a journalist, we used to type with the other one. You know that one to make noise? Shh, shh. Eh? We started with that. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing, those days, you have to write your own story, type it yourself. You know, so... So what that means is that you, when you have, you're doing your writing, if you are not going to be the final um, gatekeeper, if you're not going to be the final gatekeeper, write in such a way that the person who's going to edit it will not have stress editing what you have written. 
thank God also these days the word document the word document has made life easier for us so even when you're typing wrong spellings it can easily show you if you're using english um, american english to write and you're using british english to write which is what you also have to decide in your house style are you going to be writing with english spellings or british spellings because sometimes we mix them up and it's not good for your public presenting cannot be using english spellings and british spellings at the same time so you choose what you want to do. So when you're writing, most of our computers are programmed in American. American. So when you type English, what it is sure right. So if you're using English for your house style, it means you have to convert it to English. What is English? What is American? Well, those things are here. For instance, it's in, basically in terms of spellings. For example, okay, if I want to say um, humor, the word humor, H-U-M-O-U-R is English spelling for the word humor. H-U-M-O-R is the spelling for the word humor in American, American English. So those things, have, those things are erased, but they distinguish the different spelling you know, because it's part of spelling. So, uh, which of the words is acceptable? All of them are acceptable. Oh, it's your house style, what you choose. Some of my books I write in English. Some of my books I write with American English. It's what I choose. But I don't want to confuse my reader. I wrote this book in American English. I wrote the other one in English English. What it means that spellings, that's what, actually, what I mean by English English, the spellings I use. For example, I want to use the word program. In English, it's P-R-O-G-A-G-R-A-M-M-E. That's English spelling for the word program. But if I'm using American English, I'm going to say P-R-O-G-R-A-M, program. So you cannot write program with one M in one part of your script, and you write program with double M-E in another part in the same piece. It's not allowed. Are you getting the difference now? So you if you're not all of them are acceptable here but you have to be consistent in a particular piece of writing are you getting it and assuming the house size says we are going to use english spelling it means you are constantly going to be checking your word document to make sure that your spelling rhymes with english but if you choose to use um american english remember they said none of them is wrong there has to be consistency in that piece. So that's what is important. So, sorry, so is it only American and... Um, Basically, yeah, British yeah, that's what we mean. Acceptable who, where? For us, yeah. Uh, yeah, for us, yeah. Sorry. Is it not like, you want to use um, Pigeon English? Because I know that if you're checking the, the language, yes. uh, most of the computers, you find that well, you see, the question answers itself. Mm -hmm. You know what I said? The question answers itself. We have double heritage. Uh, no, we don't. We have double heritage. <laughs> British and American. These are the greatest influencers in things we do. So it's an accept. It is an unwritten accepted norm. 
Are you getting it? Uh-huh. So it's an unwritten, accepted norm that we either we are speaking American English or English English. So if you are writing, start writing Australian English. I, I dare your audience. <laughs> so yes, remember. But if you are writing a book, you want to publish on Amazon. You can choose what you want to do. Are you? Are we together? If you're writing a book, you want to publish on Amazon, which is a global platform, you can decide to program your English to wherever you, whoever you want to be your primary audience for or people who are going to buy your book. So that's, that's the, the, that one. So now when you're editing, you have to be brutal with yourself. What it means, a, take a look at the draft. With your first draft. Why is it important? Because your first draft sometimes comes when your head is full. You delete, you substitute, you rearrange, you insert. Now, these things are easier these days when we are using computer. Very easy. Those days, it was not like that. <laughs> because it means you have to carry it from, you have to cancel again and start writing all over again. These days, things are a lot easier, I can assure you. So, assuming that when you're writing, there's a particular paragraph you discover that ought to have come up a little. You know what, the, what it means? You copy it and take it up. Are we together? So that's what it means. Substitute, delete a word. When you're also writing using your system, please don't always forget to use the um, check your dictionaries. Every laptop computer has dictionary, am I right? So, and um, some words you don't have to overuse them. Find the alternatives. Hmm? Don't overuse them, don't overlabel them. So you find alternative. When you click, Let's say substitute, you click, it goes to synonyms. You find other ones and use. That makes your writing more interesting. So that's what, you, when you are editing, you check out these things. Then of course, especially, the, as I said, the first paragraph, we cannot overemphasize it. The first paragraph is so, so important. As I said, when you are writing, you probably have not warmed up not warmed up when you're writing it. So you have to go back to it, check the words, the number of, there's, there's what we call standard number of words, actually, in first paragraphs. And sentences. So, first paragraph. Now, remember, there's a difference between paragraph and sentence. A paragraph can be just two words can form a paragraph. I hope you know that. Good. You can use two words for paragraph, depending on the emphasis you want to create. This is for those who are writing books. Okay, but then that first paragraph has to be so punchy, written that will arrest the attention of the reader and convey the message clearly. Arrest the attention of the reader and convey the message clearly. That first paragraph, that's your, that is your, your cocoa. <laughs> He will put it that way. Sorry about that, the first paragraph. So, after writing it, don't worry. You can come back to it. Find active verb. Make sure you're writing in active verb. Very important. Okay. Okay. Um, when I mean active verbs, active verb is like. Um, eh? Direct? Died. Yes. Yes. Okay, let me say, um, 
the People's Democratic Party held their convention on 28th of April 19, 2001 at the Eagle Square. This is direct active sentence. What if I'm putting it this way? There was a convention held at the Eagle Square by the People's Democratic Party. Or the convention was held, was held by, the by the People's Democratic Party. Inactive. Inactive. That's a difference. This one seems to drag you. This one seems to put you on edge. Always put your reader on the edge. Hmm? Don't make your reader like this when he's reading your piece. <laughs> Let your reader be sitting like this. In other words, he wants to. And you generate that basically through um, effective deployment of active um, sentences. As I said, don't be overwhelmed. These things come by practice. All I'm saying is that if you really want to write, read. Readers, uh, writers are readers. If you don't read, forget it. You just can't make it. It's not possible. You can't have your way. Unless you want to plagiarize. There's, there's no shortcut in writing. There's no shortcut. Either you write it or you're not writing it. And the only way to write is to start writing. And then, how to start writing? Read what other people have written. And now when you're reading other people's work, you're now reading with a sense of to learn how they are doing it so that you can adapt. This is one thing I want us to get. This is the first, the most important thing I want us to get from here. You read what other people have written. As you're reading to soak their information, you're reading to also get their style. How they do it, okay? All right, so... um. As I said, look for special problems in any section of what you're reading when you are bored or you are tired. Because our brain can be tired and bored. And you write, no problem. It's normal, it's natural. So, in such place, you need careful editing. Now, why we are doing this is because, you see, these days, as I said, the gatekeeping level has reduced. The gatekeeping level has reduced. So everybody now must learn how to edit by themselves first before you move it on to the next person. Are you getting it? Those days, we don't bother so much about these things because after writing, you hand it over somebody else. The person can do the, even the sentence editing, they will edit proofreaders, all of, they will do all sorts. But these days, nobody, nobody has time to do all those. So you have to do at least 70% of editing by yourself. That's why we now talk about a writer as a reader. It's a transition we are making for. Are you getting it? So you do most of it. Even your books, I do. I run a course on book publishing and self um, book writing and self publishing. We teach you how to edit your own book before you turn it to a professional editor. Because if you don't do that, they may edit you out of your content. <laughs> you know, they will edit you out of content and context, and then give you something else that you did not write. So. Um, so sometimes you have to read aloud what you have written because you see the way the ear receives information and the way the eye sees it are different. Oh yes. I did that. We did that a lot. You, you, you did that a lot. Good. Let's let's put our hands together for ourselves. <laughs> you know because the way the ear receives information is different from the way the eye receives. Information. So sometimes you have to read aloud what you've written. 
you hear yourself. Something will tell you go back again. You correct. Because what I'm telling is what I do. As I'm reading on the computer, I'll read again. Uh-huh. And then I'm reading it, I'm hearing myself. Ah, no, this word is not supposed to be here. I change it. So that is how we get along with it. You read it aloud, and then you, from there you detect small, small errors. And then, um, then sometimes you have to keep a, a list of your errors to enable you to improve. And if you're right to discover you're having a problem in certain types of areas, so what you need is you make adjustments. Like I said, the only way to write is to write. That's the only way to do it. And now let's edit for content. How do you edit for content? Please check my time. I'm checking my time at 28 minutes. No, I have. I guess so. Um, all right, so um, editing for content. Okay? Are we there? Editing for content. Now, in other words, when you're talking about content, is your purpose clear? That in written. When you're reading it, is it clear? The, you yourself are reading it. The message you're trying to communicate, is it clear? That's what you're talking about, editing for content. You know what happens? I'm using my time. I've spent 29 minutes. Yes. Okay, so. so what I was saying, um, when you read, when you're editing for content now, you're check, taking a look at whether what you have written, whether it is clear. The purpose of your writing in the first place, is it clear? If somebody picks up this thing, that has, can the person understand what I'm trying to say? That's what I mean by editing uh, for content. Will somebody, assuming you're writing a, a, a two-page or three-page uh, article, will somebody have to read all from, from beginning to end before you understand what you're saying? You still will not understand. You know, I remember those days as, um, as a science journalist. And um, now what, let me tell you why it was good for me. As a science journalist, on a good day, many people don't read science articles in the newspaper. Right or right? Right or right? <laughs> now, how am I going to make readers of my articles to like it? So I had to go and read and study and sharpen my skills so that I will begin to apply skills that will make you love to read science stories. So that what forced me, I'm talking about myself now, because you see, I'm a science person writing a newspaper. Many people, if you pick your newspaper, how many of you go to science pages? You don't. So if people have to begin to read our science pages, it means my style of writing has to be in such a way that it's interesting, it's captivating, it attracts attention, and all this I'm teaching you becomes practical. In the same way for you, if you want someone to pick your publication, there's a segment you're managing. If you're someone to always pick that, say, let me go to this person's place, it means you have to begin to write in such a way that will, people will begin to have fans. For you, become fans. You know? so, so when you're editing for content, you're going to say, this thing I've written, will, will somebody understand it? 
you read it again. You don't write in mystery fashion because you want to impress. You don't write to impress, you write to communicate. Two different things. Writing to impress and writing to communicate. But the essence of communication is to pass information that you're expecting a feedback. You are, before somebody can give you a feedback, positive, positive feedback for that, you must ask a if I were the person reading this thing, do I understand this thing? If not, check your sentences. Do a few more corrections, add more information, or remove something that make it difficult for the person to get what you're saying. So you have, you, again, if you're writing in a features article, for instance, a feature story, you have to limit your subject matter. Limit the subject matter. You don't try to write everything about uh, NCC in one article. You pick one particular area, brings different things that add, add flesh to that, and that's it. Next time you pick, let's say you want to talk about, um, 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 is the NCC that responsible for NIM? NIM. Yeah, for, because I was talking with a friend yesterday, we were talking about double, this is double, double. When you want uh, double authentication, mm. oh, okay. why is there no double authentication for name? Like... Yes, we are just discussing. Assuming you want to okay. do an article on that, okay. why is there no double authentication in name? Somebody just died and then wipe your money. Meanwhile, somebody cannot access your email. There's double. Why is there this double authentication? Nobody's talking about double authentication for name. Somebody can write an article on that. How are you going to be? You do some background. You do pick up an article. Write something on that. NCC can even, somebody can put an article on that as something through it away that this, this is it. What does the double authentication mean? How does it work? Why is it important? Are you, ask, you see how this is going to help you to generate material for that, your story? What is double authentication? Okay? Why is it important? How does this help people? Why is it necessary for us? Why is it not happening? What are the consequences of not having it? How has it affected you? You're writing an article on double authentication. So you're using this, the five W's and H, to source information to build that your article. How do we get it now? That five W's and H, you use it for writing stories. You can use it also for writing features articles. Because it is with that you're going to use, your research materials are going to come from what, why, how. Are you getting it? You get all those materials, you now write your features. You this, this is the way stories, that's the way books are written. I teach people on book writing, how to write books by, by what we call frequently asked questions. Can write a book by through what we call frequently asked questions. I know in instance you have frequently asked questions about, good, but you can write a book from there. I can show you how to write a book, any book, from frequently asked questions. So, if you want to write an article on a particular issue, for example, use this Five W's. Five W's applies to everything you're going to do, whether you're writing features article, you're writing a news article. That is your tool as a writer. This is your fundamental. This is, every writer has this. Whether you're writing book or articles or news, this is our main tool. All of us, we are all writers. Any writer who does not know this should not be here. Or who does not want to work with it, you can't work here. Are we together? So editing is very, so these are the things that will enable you to organize your editing. As I said, does your copy, I'm jumping, essentially answer the following questions. I'm going back to it again. Second to last on that page. 
Does your copy essentially answer the following questions as they relate to the main thing you're writing about? That is, who, what, when, where, why. Are we together? This is what is going to help you to when you're editing for content. You ask yourself, this thing I've written, does it answer these questions? A particular piece of writing may not answer all these questions, but basically, for that particular thing you're doing, does it provide answers to this thing, to some of them? Because that's your core focus. Are you getting it there? It does not mean that every piece of writing must have all this. You can write a short memo to somebody. All of them may not have all of them, this component. The ones that has it, does it provide succinct, clear information on that particular question? That means what? Why? How? That is, when you have this in your mind, when you are editing, it becomes easy for you to do it. Because if you don't know what you're editing for, ah, you say, ah, how am I going to do this work? But what we're providing you are the, um, the ground norms, as they put it. Eh? Is there any lawyer here? Any lawyer here? No lawyer here. Should have lawyers who are writers. <laughs> you know, ground norms. So I don't want to use language that they will sue me for using their language very badly. <laughs> I'm safe. <laughs> I want to be sure that you don't use your language in a way they will sue me. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> they will talk about editing for brevity and clarity. Editing for brevity and clarity. Have you purged each of your phrase external words? There are some words that are not necessary. You weed out every word that adds nothing. You know, sometimes... Who knows that that legislator from Edo State? <laughs> you know, yeah. when you listen to him, uh -huh. he makes sense, you know. But then, must you kill yourself because you want to understand something? <laughs> most, most, as you're talking to me, I now bring my dictionary close by. <laughs> or, or when somebody is reading your article, the person must bring a dictionary close to him. Ah, come on, why do you want to stress them? You're giving them double job. Eh? It's you that should use the dictionary, not those who are reading, so to speak. Maybe we are not the primary audience, secondary. In other words, editing for brevity, therefore, means you have to remove words or expressions that do not really you know, make your writing strong. They are just flesh. But do, that um, kind of flesh, you, if you remove them, you can still have your information clearly communicated and delivered effectively. You know, so, also, have you been able to remove the short sentences you can use instead? Clearly, we advise that um, a sentence should not be more than 30 words. Between 15 and 21 maximum. Except you are very good in the use of punctuations. In this book, we we'll talk about punctuation challenge. If you're very good, you master the art of punctuation. Okay? Because punctuations are the dynamics, are part of the dynamics of writing. You know, punctuations are like, um, uh, 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 if you're driving on the road now, you have light, street light, um, what do you call it? Road signs. Road signs. So that the stop and go of writing. Comma. Semicolon, all those, those are stop and go in writing. They are very, very important. Now, if you master the art of using them, you can write long sentences up to 50 words if you know how to use those.
things because they help you to. Even when you're reading, we're going to talk about public speaking. Even when you're reading, if you master the art of those things, you know when to pause. You know when to breathe in. You know when to temporarily, okay? So we're not going to public speak, but... So those, those punctuation, are, you're not going to use them to check whether they... Uh, what was I saying? Punctuation channel. Okay, sentence. So you, you can actually use your sentence length to give your writers time to breathe in. <laughs> are you getting it? You can give them time to breathe in. You know, full stop, then you start again. Sentences are not supposed to be too long. You can read people who write so long sentences, and those who are not very good in the use of this uh, punctuation, this, and you just, you're tired. You don't even know. <laughs> you're tired. By the time you get to the end, you have lost the beginning. For the person's turn. So, these are things you need to um, take a look at as you're doing it. Now, again, as I said, let me repeat myself. Did you use concrete words? There are concrete words that deliver. Concrete word is there for you to writing, functional. If you're, if you're writing a report or a memo, my guy is a, is a pro in the area of memo writing. So language is very important. So conclusions, put your conclusions in the right place, put your whatever in the right place. I will talk to you about structuring later, later. But you can talk about it now. So, have you avoided technical words? If you use a technical word because you are in technical section, you're a, you a specialized agency, when you use technical words, did you explain it? You don't assume that they will understand. And I can explain that because as a science person, if I use the word metamorphosis, I don't want to assume that everybody knows it. So I have to put a dash and explain it. Are you getting it? So when you use a technical word, which is what ought to be, you also have to explain what that means. Because you are writing with the assumption. You write with an assumption that the person you're writing to do not understand what you're saying. So you must, as much as possible, be clear. But uh, would that also depend on the setting of your writing? Example, if you're writing as a science person and yeah. you're using metamorphosis in a science journal, yeah, for you not expected absolutely. Explain, yes. If we're writing for strategists and yes. we're saying NCC, what's the technical term that we have? Spectrum. 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 We won't start explaining absolutely. what spectrum means. So it depends on the... Yes, but I'm speaking with the sense that you're... Bring sure, a magazine. Right, your yeah, magazine. Right. Your magazine. Yes. You're writing a magazine is not only technical, but they're going to be reading it. Yeah. So that it's from that perspective. Um, talking. So when you use any um, technical language which is inherent with your profession, but those who are going to be reading it are not inherently of your profession. So it is important you give that. But when you're writing strictly to your professionals, you don't have to go into detail explaining. So that that's as she said, that's very important. Okay. Yeah, please. Um, being that we write a lot of books here, and we were talking earlier about active and passive writing. We're supposed to, if I understand correctly, write in the third person here, right? Not that's passive, more passive here. If you could explain more about that, because it's a good day thing for us here, and getting the hang of how it is going to be done. Yes. Well, I think what we need to do, we, if we have a, a copy of your memo, 
one of the memos you write, we can take a look at it. Because I don't know the kind of memos you write, because this is a practical, I believe in dealing with practical issues. Yes, if we have something we can. And again, and again, remember, you are in civil service, in quote, there are standard ground norms, don't just come and change. Are you getting it? So if the ground norm is that you write on in third person, you've got to do it. But if you have a leeway of liberty to change, to make it more active without losing your job, then you do that. <laughs> Just I don't know what I'm making sense. That's also right. You will write in third person. You can be active yes, writing in third person. Mm-hmm. I think what you're trying to ask is, instead of saying, uh, we are requesting, I am going to, I want to ask, like you know, using those first person whatever as against using the third person, you still make it active. You can make it the active. The example he gave was not the first person, the PDP held their convention, blah blah blah. Yeah. But maybe during if we have um, during the break, we can yes, if we have we can, can yes, we can review because it's very important. There's a way to use those because normally I, I yes, those those sentences are so they are too dry. Because they are conversion. But you can make them active without losing. Are we together? We can make them active without losing. Because when you read some things, most things that come from the ministry is so dry. Uh-huh. And the same terms. Yes. 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 But you can see. Now, now what? But do you know why those things continue? Those things continue because the people who are doing it are not even ready to. Yes. 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 Without losing the Yes. And it comes if I write a letter to you, you read my letter. You will see the, the language, when I say my letter from our organization, yes. you will see the difference. If I write a letter requesting something from you, when you read it, you see a difference. Yes. Because we are communicating from active perspective. Mm-hmm. We are not communicating from a begging, because sometimes it's like you're begging. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You really don't have to beg. You really don't have to beg. It's, it's mastering of the language. Is what makes a difference. You can still ask. <laughs> All right, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes, we, we, yeah, we'll get one memo and um, take a look at it because that is very important. So I will not look at it. Humbly, humbly. Okay. Okay, so there's one also called editing for tone. Tone and style. You know, we've been talking about, we're almost getting to style now. You edit for tone, you edit for style. Tone is important. And if you're writing something, you need to, there's anger, there's annoyance, and they all show in your writing. 
you read i wrote um what i call a stinker almost a stinker to my business associate in, in netherlands because i've given them something paid them money for something to send students to them they've been telling me my mail enter voice um what's it called spam box said, what's my if he enters and does it change the content open the spam box read the message and answer me it's not true if you have discovered that my message is entering spam box that's fine read it don't ask me to provide the same information i sent to you in the mail that enters spam box come on what are you talking about <laughs> I say, so, so sometimes you can write in anger but see <clears throat> you have to be very very careful because what is written is written yes 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 so that's why these days writing has become i'm not getting into uh, app, um, writing apps because i'm not teaching you book writing that's what i'm not talking about <laughs> it's basically those who are book write authors that i got into apps you know so you don't need a lot of apps to do your memos do you you don't the only apps you need yes some things yes phrases exactly yes so those things are very important that's why i said you 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 are enjoying life Life is far easier this day. I can assure you, you know. But but then the fundamentals cannot be destroyed. So um, make sure you don't. Um, when you're criticizing some something or making a complaint, you must be sure that your language is still moderate. If you get a letter from a uh, from somebody who is from outside who is crazy and insulted your organization, what do you do? How do you reply them? You give them as they've given it to you. Eh? Will you give it to them as I'm giving it to you? Depends on the mood. The mood. You see? You see? <laughs> you see it now? Eh? You see? Eh? Your mood, you are. We are not living by your mood. We are... Yes. Eh? We are not living by your mood. We live by the name of your organization. Are you seeing it now? Can you imagine the kind of thing that NCC wrote? We don't know you. We know NCC. Are you getting the difference now? Yeah. We don't care about who person who sat behind the desk, right? This is NCC because NCC is a brand. It's a corporate identity. So you just don't throw it anyhow. You don't do that. So when you are writing, you put yourself as an institution. So how does an institution respond to an aggrieved client? My grief cry has insulted you, and you guys are just messing around. You're making people do suffer, and you give it to them. You, you client, that's how you make life difficult for us. So we are working. <laughs> of course, you won't do that. So, you, you, you don't ask a question. Though, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Um, I think um, you will try to educate the person like you come with. You have to apologize to the person first. If there's need for apology. If there's need for apology. So. Yeah. And then you give uh, reasons why maybe there is a give you a decision or policy or anything that the commission did that maybe the person is not comfortable with. You try to educate the person about the, the that particular concern. You know. and like, yes, I use the most appropriate, courteous way of communicating that. Yeah. Even if the person has written to you in anger, he has a right to be angry with you. But you don't have a right to be angry with them. That, that, that's where it is. 
A client has a right to be angry with you, the services you provide. But you have no right to be angry with them because you are here because of them. Are we together? You know, because God, maybe you don't believe because you are here because of us. But, <laughs> but that is the way it ought to be because um, we have to up our game. Are we? Use, you, have you used tact and good taste? in dealing with sensitive or difficult situations. Tact and taste. Tact and taste. Tact means being... using wisdom. Being diplomatic. Taste means the way you now say it. If somebody says it to you that way, how would you feel? That's taste. So this is sensitive matters. Because what I have found out is that when people are in positions, they feel that anybody can, can go to hell. That's it well. It's not true. But if you have that mentality, that, look, this person is feeling bad because of the service I've given to him. Maybe I've not given the way he wanted, or there's something he did not understand. Just assume that the person did not understand it. So what do you need to do? Provide the person information that will clarify his frustration, his anger, his ignorance. These are the things you're dealing with. You're dealing with what? Frustration, ignorance, anger, and whatever. So when you're writing, these are things you're dealing with. Your information is answering this question. This person is either frustrated, is angry, or ignorant. Or three of them together. So your writing for them is to answer these three things in a manner that is courteous. And the person is reading is okay, okay, okay. I now understand. Yes. Are you getting it? That is it. It depends. Okay, but it depends. Okay, let me say. Yes. Let me say, for instance, I've written a letter to NCC to complain that my data is running crazy. Okay? And which is the truth? <laughs> and which is the truth? <laughs> And I'm listening and I say, hey, sis, excuse me. What's going on here? What's happening with all these people? How do you allow them to be? And you get that letter. And I've written in such a way that to show that I'm angry. Because if I'm angry, I have to write it there and show you that I'm angry. Yes. Okay, so what will you do? How you gonna reply to me? I said, for instance, excuse me, I've got to stop. I have only one hour, so let me stop. 